No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. And good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. Whatever you are. It's Wednesday night for you here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack is bland brand no name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on D Light. Thank you for joining us. As always, so much to get through. And so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your nice erection of a statue, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, the preferred method is, of course, dlive.tv slash boogiebumper, or you can go to the link down below streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper so yes thank you for joining us it's another pre-record like i said on monday which is the same day for me but a different day for you it's fun living in an alternate universe <laughs> and like I'm, st- I'm still getting used to the fact that i'm not doing this live it's very off-putting but we're doing the best i can so thank you for joining us um it's wednesday for you hope you're having a lovely week i'll be back live doing my regular thing next week but just this week i, I wanted to make sure at least i got a few podcasts out and wasn't so wasn't lazy bones wasn't a lazy bones kind of guy like the cart criminals that we've come to identify in our ranks which eventually hopefully will be purged any day now so thank you for joining us um like i said so much to get through so little time and today ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i want to zero in on a a topic of discussion that's been had around the traps around the circles for a couple of weeks now and that is like we've we've talked about it previously on the show what are we going to do with all of the white supremacist statues that are around our communities because i don't know about you they make me uncomfortable i'm sure they make you uncomfortable too see i used to think that one of the great things about living in a free world in a free society was having the freedom of being able to walk past a statue and not salute it not pay any attention to it whatsoever, not even recognize it. In fact, you could walk past a statue and give it the finger if you want and say, I hate that guy, fuck that guy, and then go about your day. (whistles) See, other cultures around the world, other societies around the world, they don't have that luxury. Some of them are forced at gunpoint to cry at the base of a statue. So we're very lucky to have this, but I don't think that goes far enough. And just having the freedom in the West to be able to ignore historical things like statues, I don't think is doing enough to heal. Because it's all about healing here. Healing love, reversing oppression, all of those wonderful things. So, first of all, we have to give a tip of the hat tonight to the Philadelphia Historical Commission, ladies and gentlemen, who have voted to remove a statue of none other than Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Get rid of him. Who's Christopher Columbus anyway? Fuck him. It's not like he did anything good. (laughs) Bye, Chris. There. 
Philadelphia took another step towards removing a statue of Christopher Columbus on Friday when the city's historical commission voted 10 to 2 in favour of removal. The final decision for removing the statue from Marconi Plaza rests with the Philadelphia Art Commission. Aren't you glad that there are these commissions and boards and directors and little groupings of little bureaucrats and public servants meeting in these little rooms and having these discussions about which history you find offensive and which history you don't, huh? Aren't you, don't you feel good? <laughs> Are you glad that these people none of whom you voted for are making these kinds of decisions on your behalf. I know I am. It makes me very happy. It warms my heart knowing that somebody cares this much. Which is tentatively, uh, tentatively pardon me, scheduled to take up the matter on August 12, Lauren Cox, a spokeswoman for Mayor Jim Kenney, told CNN. This week's meetings were an important opportunity for members of the public to share their opinions about the future of the Christopher Columbus statue in Marconi Plaza, Cox said in a statement. <clears throat> the administration believes we made a strong case for the relocation of the statue and will await final decision at the Art Commission. So, <laughs> the administration, ladies and gentlemen, of the city of Philadelphia, the historical commission, have made the request to remove the statue. Not protesters. No, 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 no. Not the people you see on TV waving signs, chanting things, on some occasions throwing Molotov cocktails through windows, burning city buildings to the ground, attacking police, blah, blah, blah. Not those people. No, no, no. We're, t we're talking about the people who earn, in many cases, six figures with a government job and a reserved parking space out the front of City Hall. The members of the Philadelphia Historical Commission are the ones who are trying to tear a piece of history down. <laughs> the Historical Commission. The Historical Commission votes against statues. Isn't it grand? See, I think people expect protesters to want to take stuff down. You know what I mean? Like, people marching through the streets to me, oh, racist, racist. We expect them to want to tear down statues. We've seen them tear down statues. How many people expect the government employees to be trying to tear down statues as well? Your tax dollars at work. Remember, that you're paying these people's salary to do this. <laughs> so they had to get together, have a meeting. They voted. It's very important, very democratic, 10 to 2. And now they will present their vote to the Art Commission. And now the Art Commission will have the final say on whether the historical council, whatever it is, gets to tear down a statue of the country of the founder of the United States of America. The commission heard hours of testimony from the public, the majority of whom who wanted, get this, the majority of whom who wanted the 144-year-old statue to stay. So the historical commission wants the statue taken down. The public then rallies. So you'd expect that they're doing this on behalf of the public. After all, the public is paying for them to have a job, right? I mean, we here at the Historical Commission, it's our job to reflect the ideas and the values and what the citizens want. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's, our, it's our job to tell you what you want. So the Historical Commission, paid for by the taxpayers, gets together. They say, we need to get rid of this horribly offensive statue of Christopher Columbus. 
The public then get rallies and says, oh, I don't think so. And they present hours and hours of testimony to the contrary. Forget about the historical commission. We, the public, we, the taxpayers, we want the statue to stay. Oh, good. Listen again. The commission heard hours of testimony from the public, the majority of whom wanted the 144-year-old statue to stay, according to CNN affiliate KYW. But, there's always a but, but City Public Arts Director Margot Burt, <laughs> the City Public Arts Director, I, I, I'm not sure if she's on the commission or the board, but she's, she's involved somewhere. She's another government employee. The City Public Arts Director Margot Burt said that preliminary findings from an online survey showed that 80% were in favour of removal. <laughs> you know, those, those infallible online surveys. <laughs> so, so the people who actually care enough to go to one of these, I can only imagine, boring as uh, to your worst nightmares meetings of the fucking historical commission the people who care enough show up at this meeting and give hours of testimony saying that they want the statue to stay and the public arts director goes eh, so what we put a thing out on twitter and 80 percent of people said they want a god so we're going with them <laughs> <laughs> democracy in action <laughs> and as you know uh, those kinds of social media surveys are always, always, always accurate. We've never heard, it, it would be wrong, it would be racist to suggest that sometimes these online surveys can attract, I don't know, small groups of activists who can skew the results from one way to the other by, you know, voting multiple times, coming up with multiple pseudonyms, creating lists for other activists to get on board and sign the thing. That never happens. If you were to suggest that happens, you'd be a racist. And the people who actually cared enough to show up to argue that the statue should remain, well, we should dismiss them because anybody who wants the statue up is probably a white supremacist too. <laughs> See how easy this is? Thank you, Public Arts Director. Thank you for ignoring the people who care enough to show up at meetings and only listening to what happens on Twitter. This is great. Your tax dollars at work. Discussions over removing the statue come amid a nationwide reckoning over race and a debate over the display of certain statues like those representing figures from the Confederacy. In the case of Columbus, Quote, scholars and historians have uncovered first-hand documentation establishing his arrival in the Americas also marked the beginning and the displacement and genocide of indigenous people. It's a statue for genocide, ladies and gentlemen. Got to get rid of it. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if all of these people turned up and had testimony saying that they want to keep a statue of Christopher Columbus. They're arguing on the favour of genocide. And we can't allow that. Luckily for us, the 80% of people who want it removed, you know, the smart people who sign a petition on Twitter, luckily for us, they've got the real history. They've got the real info. Twitter does not support genocide and we're all very thankful for it. 
The statue in Marconi Plaza has become a flashpoint for protesters, leading to clashes between people who want the statue to stay and others who would like to see it removed, the statement said, calling it a concerning public safety of a... <laughs> a concerning public safety situation. <laughs> I mean, you've got to hand it to them. They will always find a way to do what they want. So, the public which they are paid to represent, or at least work in the interest of these bureaucrats, right? The public who show up to this meeting do not want this statue removed. Don't touch it. We like it. Please leave it alone. We live here. We pay the taxes. We pay your salary. We pay for that statue's upkeep. Don't touch it. We want it to stay. As justification for flat out ignoring what people want and just doing what they want, the bureaucrats cite two things. One... An online survey where 80% of respondents said get rid of it. Who knows where those people are from? Nobody knows. It's an online survey. We don't even know if they're real people or not. So that's item one. Item number two is it's a safety issue <laughs> because groups of angry people are showing up, presumably to try and tear the statue down, and other people are turning up saying, please don't tear down the statue or try to stop them. Therefore, because this is causing controversy, that's why we need to take it down. Isn't it good? <laughs> because people are arguing over the statue, that's a good enough reason to take it down. Wow. Despite the fact that most people do not want it removed, at least the people who care enough to show up. Isn't it great? I, I can't see any problem with ruling like this with running a country like this, with running a government in this fashion. Why don't we just move all decisions to Twitter? In fact, whenever there's a debate from now on, let's just go with one side of the debate because there's a debate. And we can't have a debate. We can't have a clash. We can't have people clashing over this. You know, debate is very divisive and we don't want division. We want unity. So we need to ignore all of the people who want to debate and just go along with the people who scream the loudest. And I, I don't think there's going to be any problem for us in the future. This is the only way to run a country. I mean, maybe maybe tearing it down is like a little too extreme, don't you think? Getting rid of statues. What if we could adapt these historical monuments and bring them into the modern age? Would people be accepting of that? Put your hand up. Press one in the chat if you would be willing to adjust the statues. Not change them. Just adjust them, not tear them down, because maybe we can meet halfway on this. I present to you, ladies and gentlemen, the new tolerant Robert E. Lee. Look at that. Statue of Robert E. Lee gets a makeover with pride flag and Black Lives Matter sign. <laughs> the General of the Confederate Army. And doesn't he look a picture bathed in the rainbow flag of pride? <laughs> the Oh, the irony. It's choking. <laughs> look at all this pride on Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Do you think Robert E. Lee would have been in support of the pride movement? Black Lives Matter for, for that reason? 
Activists in Richmond, Virginia projected the image of a pride flag and BLM on a Confederate statue there Friday night in support of black LGBTQ plus rights. Ladies and gentlemen, the statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee has been the site of many protests since the death of George Floyd. And the, 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 the lines that are, the connections that are being made here between two, two things always amuses me. You know, think of it like, so what? Let's say a couple of months ago, a guy is killed by a policeman. Right. What should we do? How about we put a pride flag on Robert E. Lee? Great. That'll solve it. Oh, that's obviously the cause. See, the 200-year-old the, the statue, that's obviously the reason for this thing over here. And when you ask for more detail, how, why, how are you making these two things one? How are you making that connection? Shut up, racist! You know what I mean? You're not allowed to ask those kinds of questions. Just shut up and go along with it. Like we discussed in the previous episode. Just sh shut the hell up, sit down, don't say anything, don't speak out of line. The statue of Confederate Robert E. Lee has been the site of many protests since the death of George Floyd and is the same one currently in legal limbo after the governor's order to remove it was met with a lawsuit. After multiple protests, the statue had been covered in a multicolour spray paint with phrases like Black Lives Matter and Stop White Supremacy. You're a little late. <laughs> I mean, the Civil War ended like over 200 years ago. Was it over 200? No, like 150. Let's call it 150 or thereabouts. It was a long fucking time. Put it that way. The Civil War is a long time finished. Stop the war. Stop white supremacy. Stop slavery. <laughs> Fuck. Well, did you just get here? Did you just wake up? Come on now. You're being a little silly. Earlier this month, Governor Ralph Northam, who has previously been photographed wearing blackface, believe it or not, <laughs> it really is Cloudworld, announced he would remove the statue honouring the Confederate general, calling it wrong. It's wrong. During a news conference. What do you think of the uh, Robert E. Lee statue, Mr. Governor? I think it's wrong. What do you mean? Racism? Ah. Sir, weren't you pictured uh, wearing blackface at some point? Yes, but racism. Ah, I see. I see. He got us there with the racism. His effort has been currently stalled by a county circuit judge, obviously a white supremacist. The Lee statue is the largest of several monuments on the Monument Avenue in Richmond that honour Virginian Confederate veterans of the Civil War, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Instead of tearing them down, why don't we just turn them into something modern, something we can all be proud of? Gay pride. lovely. Now, don't you dare think about defending these statues. Because number one, you'd be a white supremacist. But number two, you might find yourself at the end of the long arm of the law. This story comes from the old Dart, the UK, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Black Lives Matter protest statue protector jailed over attack. Good. Good. Fuck him. Lock him up. <laughs> I mean... There's only room there's only room enough in these parks for people willing to tear statues down. If people show up trying to stop people from tearing statues down, they have to be put away. They have to be done away with. As you all know from our first article, 
If people want to tear down statues, that's great. 80% of Twitter agrees with you. If people show up to try to stop the removal of statues, this is now a public health issue. This is a safety issue. So we better take the statue down to stop the people from fighting. (laughs) Everything's wrapped up in a neat little package. A man who kicked a police officer in the back, back kick, during violent protest in Westminster has been jailed. Daniel Allen, 35, knocked the officer to the ground as right-wing protesters, Black Lives Matter supporters and the police clashed in London on the 13th of June. Southwark Crown Court heard he had travelled to the capital from his home in Sunderland to, quote, protect statues around Whitehall and Trafalgar Square. Allen admitted violent disorder and was sentenced to 28 months in prison. Yeah, that'll learn him. That'll learn him. How dare you. Why don't you sit there? I want you to sit in your cell and think about what you've done. (laughs) Statues don't need protecting, they need removing. The demonstrations in the capital came amid global Black Lives Matter marches sparked by the death of George Floyd in the US in May. Prosecutor Nicholas Alexander said there had been running battles throughout the day between police and demonstrators in central London. The court was shown footage of the incident, which was captured from multiple angles and shared widely on social media. In it, Alan, who is shirtless and wearing luminous yellow shorts, runs at the officer from behind and launches, quote, a running fly kick against Sergeant Richard Lambert. Mr. Alexander said that Alan's actions had, quote, emboldened other protesters to move forward and attack police officers. <clears throat> oh dear. Oh dear. You know, <clears throat> if I can take anything out of the last couple of months, it's that authorities around the Western world, be it in the UK, Australia, or the United States, take people attacking police officers during a protest very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, whether it's a police officer or a federal building, for example, we all know that the authorities are going to come down hard on people who are engaging in this kind of violent and disorderly conduct, don't we? Absolute every time, right? Like this story, for example. Manhattan <clears throat> Manhattan DA won't prosecute protesters amid mass New York City protests. Arrest commends New Yorkers for exercising civil rights at George Floyd demonstrations. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The authorities always come down hard on people engaged in violent antisocial behaviour. Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance on Friday said his office will decline to prosecute marchers arrested for breaking the city's 8pm curfew while out protesting the death of George Floyd, and he commended New Yorkers for sticking up for their civil liberties. What an amazing situation. Where you have the mayor of the city saying, okay, we need to curb this violence, and Bill de Blasio, you know, he doesn't have many friends right now. So the mayor of the city says, we need to curb these these violent riots and these violent protests. I'm putting in an 8pm curfew. People are then arrested for breaking the 8pm curfew, which I don't agree with personally, but hey, okay, just putting it out there. People are arrested for breaking the 8pm curfew. And the district attorney, who is charged with, of many things, one of which is, you know, ensuring people are prosecuted when they break the law, 
after the curfew has been announced, people are arrested for breaking the curfew. The district attorney comes out and says, I'm not going to charge anyone. And in fact, give yourselves a round of applause for exercising your civil liberties. Isn't it great? <laughs> Contrast that with the guy who was arrested for, you know, trying to protect statues and he kicked a police officer in the back. He gets over two years in prison. People are out riding, throwing Molotov cocktails, looting stores. They get arrested. Ah, you're free to go. <laughs> the prosecution of protesters charged with these low-level offences undermines critical bonds between law enforcement and the communities we serve. This is the district attorney. Days after the killing of George Floyd, our nation and our city are at a crossroads in our continuing endeavour to confront racism and systemic injustice wherever it exists. And... Nothing fights against systemic injustice better than releasing people who have broken the law, does it? That's what justice is for most people. Being able to get away with shit. <laughs> Why? Because racism. Quote, again, the district attorney. We commend the thousands of our fellow New Yorkers who, has, who have peacefully assembled to demand these achievable aims and our door is open to any New Yorker who wishes to be heard. The officer's previous policy was to offer protesters charged with low-level offences like disorderly uh, conduct and unlawful assembly an adjournment in contemplation of dismissal, meaning that if they weren't arrested again within six months, their case would be dismissed. But we're even getting rid of that now. <laughs> now you can be picked up again tomorrow. Doesn't matter. You can actually be arrested constantly for the same thing now in New York, and they're just going to let you go because you're the good guys. NYPD officers have arrested hundreds of protesters who have taken to the streets in the days following Floyd's brutal death on May 25. In New York City, as in cities across the country, peaceful protest movements were hijacked over the weekend by other groups with a less law-abiding agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they're blaming the riots on an outside group, right? Oh, it's, def it's definitely not our guys. It's not our peaceful protesters. They're great. They're golden. They're sweet. So they have to come up with this. They keep putting this story out there. Oh, no, no, no. Anything bad that happens at these protests is always some kind of outside agitation group, right? It's someone removed from us. We're the good guys. We can't control what the bad guys do. Stop talking about us like we're doing it. It's not, not our fault. It's not our problem, sir. Right? So even when they're making apologies for the people who are rioting and looting and saying that it's an outside group, they still have to be PC. And they can't just say, oh, other groups with a criminal agenda, for example. No, no, no. It's other groups with a less law-abiding agenda. <laughs> so you have law-abiding and less law-abiding. <laughs> Not criminal, just less law-abiding. <laughs> he's not dead, he's just less alive. I didn't have my car stolen, I just have less ownership of it now, right? I didn't rob a bank, I'm just less poor. Jesus. Widespread property destruction coupled with marauding groups who looted luxury retailers and mum and, and pop stores alike prompted Mayor Bill de Blasio 
to impose an 8pm curfew on New York City until June the 8th, a step taken by many other mayors in cities where violence and pillaging... Pillaging? It's, it's like we're living in medieval times again. Raping and pillaging. I, for one, am very excited. Supplanted social justice marches at night. See? It was a social justice march during the day. At night, it was pillaging outside groups with a less law-abiding agenda. Are you keeping up at home? They, they aren't the same people. Trust me. We know. <sighs> Under the order signed by Mayor de Blasio, anyone caught violating the curfew is subject to arrest and can be charged with Class B misdemeanor, which is often punishable by up to 90 days in jail. So there you go. On the one hand, you can get over, you can get about two and a half years for trying to protect a statue and having a clash with police. On the flip side, if you want to loot luxury stores, steal jewellery and televisions and get into a clash with police there, you're just an outside group with a less law-abiding agenda. But for one, the DA, the district attorney, is on your side and thanks you for standing up for your civil rights. Isn't it great? You should think very carefully about which side you want to be on because it seems one side has the sponsorship and the co-writing of the government and the other side gets you thrown in the clink. But why all this fuss about statues in the first place? Why does anybody care? Why do you care about statues? I found this. This is a hot take from The Guardian, which this, this is good. <clears throat> statues are lies. <laughs> statues are lies. Selfies in bronze. And you can't bring history to life with a dead art. Hot take from The Guardian, ladies and gentlemen. The statue died as an art form 103 years ago when Marcel Duchamp submitted a porcelain urinal to a New York art exhibition. I, you know what? I, I can't even disagree with him. I, would, I wouldn't say that the statue is dead, though. How about just all of modern art? Can we do that? So why, in the 21st century, are we obsessing about putting up statues of new heroes to replace the old villains? All this political radicalism is being betrayed by artistic conservatism. So this is the artist take on the statue debate. Very important. The moment slave trader Edward Colson's statue was pulled down in Bristol, uh, Bristol was a brilliantly apposite piece of performance art. The daddiest act of creativity through destruction that belongs alongside Banksy's auto-shredding picture of, as a spectacle of great British cultural dissidence. It's very word salady, but he is an artist, so it makes sense. But it has been followed by a sterile conversation about who does and who doesn't, quote, deserve a statue that adds nothing whatsoever to anyone's understanding of slavery, the British Empire, racism, or any other subject. Why is this the case? The author continues. This is because statues are dumb. <laughs> yes. Statues are dumb. <laughs> yep. There you have it. I, I wonder why we care so much if statues are so dumb. Why is everybody getting so upset about them then? Can someone explain that to me?
yo, why is everybody talking about who deserves a statue and history and shit? Dude, statues are so dumb. They cannot represent big or complex themes. All they can do is function as crude symbols. They reduce history to celebrity culture. <laughs> the reason why so many Victorian statues survive in our cities is that 19th century historians believed history was created by, quote, great men and their leadership. I guess it, they believed it was. Well, if it was only a belief, then maybe there's some other theory out there. <laughs> Who else are some of the great historical figures who created history in the past, I wonder? Many activists in there? See, the great irony of all of this to me, and I think to most people, is going to be, you know, we won't be around to see it in 100 years from now. Right now, we're talking about taking down 100-year-old statues, right? Because, well, they're not representative of our values anymore, such and such, blah, 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 blah. In a hundred years, they'll be voting to enshrine the world's first transgender bathroom. And they'll be saying, you can't take this down. This signifies a, a time of great change, of great upheaval. <laughs> and I think people would, you know, people would genuinely have more sympathy, I think, if the falseness of the entire argument wasn't so obvious. That, oh, well, these, these symbols, who cares about these symbols? These symbols are disgusting. Fuck these symbols. On the one hand, you're being told that the symbols are nothing and pointless and there's no need to even worry about them because, hey, it's just a statue. Who cares? Just let us rip it down. But if that doesn't work, they then move on to the next one, which is if we don't tear this statue down, there's going to be a whole generation of white supremacists who grow up saluting it. And it's like, well, it can't be, it can't be both things. It can't be one nothing and uh, irrelevant at the same time as it's hugely relevant and causing racism. Like, what do we think? We're just going to tear the statues down and then all of a sudden people's attitudes are going to change? Like, imagine if you lived in Virginia and you've been walking around, you see the Robert E. Lee statue and then one day you walk outside and it's not there anymore. It's like, wow, I don't hate black people anymore. <laughs> wow, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a spell has been lifted. A curse. Now, all of a sudden, I'm free to go around and think and love people. Love everybody. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Why care so much about the statues? Statues are dumb. One man's opinion. This leads me to the next question. Because we've had the riots, okay? We've had the looting. And this has caused stores to put up, uh, you know, wooden barricades around their shops. We've started tearing down a whole bunch of the racist statues, the white supremacist statues. Good, I say. And uh, a few people have now decorated the once, you know, profitable stores, which are now burnt out shells of their former selves. They've now decorated those stores with some Black Lives Matter art, which is obviously going to live on into the future. So if we're tearing down these statues, these hundred plus year old statues of these awful historical figures, what's to be done with the new modern art that has been created in its wake after the riots have burned down the stores and looted the shop windows? What is the fate of the Black Lives Matter protest murals? Good question, asked Salon. The plywood that boarded up businesses became artwork and there's a move to preserve them before they're discarded. <laughs> Because we've got to preserve 
the spray painting. <laughs> We're going to tear down the 150-year-old statues. You've got to preserve the street art. <laughs> Hopefully they could preserve them. Forever. Let's write a law right now. We need to remove statues that are 150 years old and protect statues that are less than six months old. Could everybody be down with that? Let's write a law so we can never take down the murals. Because painting over a mural, why, that would be racist too. Tear down the statues and protect the murals. <laughs> Blaine Azrat did not expect to see her artwork plastered across the front page news. On June the 7th, she went down uh, to downtown Oakland with a friend to help clean up after a protest, only to see artists turning boarded-up storefronts into plywood canvases. Azrat, an aspiring illustrator, she just went down there to pitch in. She was going to pitch up, a, pick up a broom and a dustbin and go, go around and start cleaning up the streets just out of the goodness of her heart in some other city. Azrat, an aspiring illustrator, asked a nearby artist for some paint and began work on a portrait of a protester on the side of the Pacific Range Foods on 12th and Franklin Street, somebody else's building. <laughs> somebody else's shop. <laughs> In the last episode, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday, we talked about how we predicted that this shift would come where those who refuse now to take a knee during the anthem, they're now branded as the disrespectful ones, right? And it only took a few short months for that switcheroo to take place. You know, before people who knelt during the anthem, people would say, well, you're being very disrespectful. That's all now turned on its head. If you refuse to kneel during the anthem now, you're being disrespectful. You should pay your, your respects to the Black Lives Matter movement, literally. Is what people are being told now in organisations and sporting teams. Now have a look at this. <laughs> the, the shop owner, the person who owns the, 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 the place where business is being done. Fuck them. We don't care about them. Throw bricks through their windows. Let's steal all their shit. This is for justice. This is for equality. The people who get praised are not the people who built the store. The people who get praised are not the people who help build the community, right? The people who get praised are the ones who spray paint on the front of it. They get front page news coverage. This is one hell of a story. Look at this. Look at this amazing work that's being done here. What can we do to protect this art? See how quickly a culture can shift when people really want it to? Or at least when people really subverted enough a couple of days later Rachel Wolf Goldsmith <clears throat> Rachel Wolf Goldsmith helped organised Oakland's Black Lives Matter street mural on downtown Oakland's 15th street that day she pulled out the paint she keeps in her car and did an, on, an impromptu mural of a black woman protesting there it is an impromptu mural. <laughs> Azrat and Wolf's goldsmith's pieces still stand, but eventually, as cities continue to open up, panels will get taken down 
leaving artists with some daunting questions. What are the daunting questions artists might ask themselves? If I were an artist, the first question I would ask myself is, why didn't I paint this masterpiece on a canvas that I own instead of somebody else's building? I mean, you know, when you, when you, without consent, contribute artistically to somebody else's shop, unfortunately, they still have a right to decide whether or not they want to keep it there, which is racist, I know. It shouldn't be the case. People should really be forced to accept the art that they are given. Where will their art go, the article continues, and who owns it? Artist and gallery owner Rudolph Bell of o Oakland's Black Cultural Zone, an Oakland-based organisation dedicated to promoting community projects, said there's a debate about whether the artist or whoever put up the actual plywood has the final say. In the protests that followed the killing of George Floyd in May, Bell wasn't surprised to see the boarded-up shopfronts, but he was surprised by the overwhelming response from the artists, often going up spontaneously, quote, guerrilla style. People literally just immediately went out there and started painting, he told Salon, because we need to have a nice rosy picture painted on the front of the smashed-in, burnt-out shop window. <laughs> Make sure you get some nice, colourful paintings on the front of those destroyed buildings for the cameras. They're going to be here at two. We don't know. We don't want everybody to think we're a pack of savages. We, we want to make sure we present a nice, rosy image to the rest of the world. <laughs> Let's turn this sea of death and destruction into an art project. <laughs> God love them. God bless their hearts. Oakland, which has a sizable black population, is known for its artistic and political culture. A similar art response followed in the wake of Oscar Grant's killing by police in Bart Station in 2009. But black artists responding in the moment isn't a recent phenomenon. Safeguarding the artwork. The black cultural zone doesn't want Oakland artists to lose their work, so they've presented an immediate solution. We love solutions here on this show. Alongside other black-led organisations of black artists, BCZ is working with Oakland Endeavours, Oakland Art Murmur, and the Oakland Museum to de-install panels and store them in facilities throughout the, throughout the city. They're going to be everywhere. <laughs> and while many museums throughout the country are making efforts to highlight African-American history, the Oakland Museum and other ally organisations are taking their orders from BCZ, they're taking orders from the Black Cultural Zone, when it comes to the influx of plywood murals and other street art in the city, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> so the Oakland Museum <laughs> is now going to feature graffitied plywood. <laughs> Plywood graffiti. Plywood which was used to cover up the smashed-in shop windows of Oakland, which was later painted on by graffiti artists and artists in Oakland, is now going to be presented in the Oakland Museum as an important part of history. <laughs> Let's tear down those 150-year-old statues. Statues are dumb. Fuck it. Who cares about statues? Let's tear down those old statues 
We've got to make way. We must wake, make way for the plywood murals. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. This is silly. What is the fate of the Black Lives Matter protest murals? Well, uh, apparently, according to this article, they're going to end up in the Oakland Museum. <laughs> okay. All right, we're just about done here. Let's go back to the UK. Uh, who remembers this story? It's from a couple of weeks ago. Remember when they tore down the statue of Edward Colston and dumped him in the river in London? Well, this is what took place directly after that statue was removed by protesters. They should, they should have had the foresight to paint some street art instead of what they did here. But this happened in the moments after that statue was taken down. Have a look at this. So there's text on the screen. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. The statue of Edward Colston was replaced with a sculpture of a Black Lives Matter protester, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of the night. Somebody organised it. I think a local artist. Again, he should have just spray-painted some plywood. He would end up in a fucking museum. Unfortunately, he tried to create a sculpture of a Black Lives Matter protester and put it on the dais, uh, replacing the one that was torn down and tossed in a river. Okay, let's hear from the young lady. I grew up in the southwest. Okay, so this is this is the young lady here who was who the sculpture is based on, the one that replaced the white supremacist in London. This is her story. We need to know about it. If we're gonna find new heroes and new statues, we need a little bit of background. We need some context. So please be patient. I'm one of five kids and yep. I was the only black girl in my class. I'm one of five kids and I was the only black girl in my class. Well, let's make a statue. <laughs> what an achievement. <laughs> a great day for history. It's an incredibly important story. One of five children. I was the only black girl in the class. Well, how about that? And why haven't they made a statue in your honour yet? They have. Oh, good. Good. How about some uh, murals on some plywood? Have we done that too? I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Racism was just something we all had to deal with. Yeah, apparently. It never felt like anything would ever change. Mm-hmm. On the 7th of June, my husband... See, th this, this clip comes from Channel 4 in England. Look at the presentation here. Like the music and everything in the background, like it's very heartfelt. We need to know the story of the protester who replaced the Edward Colston statue, right? This is promotion by Channel 4. Over-the-top, obvious promotion of this situation here. 
Yes, good. Tear down the statue. Replace it with Black Lives Matter protesters. It's a good idea. And if we all tell the story, if we do a little bit of propagandising for this movement, then maybe it will hold, right? husband Alan and I decided to go to the Black Lives Matter march. Ah, white husband. <laughs> she has a white husband. I can imagine how bad she feels having a white husband. To be so close to white supremacy in your own kitchen must just be overwhelming. <laughs> to be surrounded by that racism constantly. Day in and day out. Honey, would you like some tea? I can make my own tea, you Nazi. Having sex with a Nazi must be awful. Terrible situation. I really feel for her. Black Lives Matter! I had no idea this was going to become such a life-changing moment. Life-changing. Down comes the statue. I just got swept along with it all and started dragging the statue. I was cheering. Her husband just got swept along with the atmosphere. He started dragging the statue himself. Good on you, Al. Well done. Simping. Simping IRL. Well done, Al. Good on you. Good on you for uh, doing doing the heavy lifting. Well done, sir. Husbands everywhere could learn something from Al. If you want to impress your woman, tear down a statue and start dragging it off down the street. He, he got he got he got laid that night. I'm telling you. Felt so exciting. The next thing I know, a friend said, "Get on the plinth." Get on the plinth. I'm not an activist. I got on that plinth. I'm afraid I'm scared of heights. I'm I'm not an activist. <laughs> I'm not an activist. Al is the activist. He's the one who tore the statue down and started dragging it away. I was just there for moral support. <laughs> so she's telling the story of how they wanted to go down to the Black Lives Matter protest. They couldn't wait. They were excited. They were giddy in the car. They get down to the Black Lives Matter protest. They get swept up in the atmosphere. They're so in love with the movement. Her white husband, Al, even participates in tearing the statue down and dragging it down the street. And at the end, of, and she gets up on the plinth as a black woman. And at the end of all of it says, I'm not an activist. <laughs> I, was just pass, I was just passing by. You know, I was just walking past and I kind of got all swept up in the atmosphere. You know, when we jumped in the car that morning and we were heading down to the Black Lives Matter protest, we didn't know it was going to be a protest because we're not activists, you see. I was just heading down to the store to buy some eggs. I needed to get some eggs and some milk for breakfast. Next thing you know, I'm tearing down statues and I'm jumping up, putting a black power fist in the air. I had no idea. I'm not even an activist. <laughs> I'm just an innocent bystander who got caught up in it all. Which I completely forgot about. The crowds were cheering all around me, yeah. but I just got lost in the moment. Lost in the moment. All the attention was on me. The crowds were cheering for me. I got lost in all of them. I got lost in the atmosphere. I cannot be held responsible for my actions that day. Everyone was cheering at me. I had to do something. <laughs> I had to become involved. I'm not even an activist. <laughs> Look at this non-activism taking place here. <laughs> this is what every non-activist does. It felt really empowering. It was empowering. I raised my hands for George Floyd. Right, because you're not an activist. I raised my hands for 
the people who've died because you're not an activist for being black yes to show people who think that we don't matter that we do matter to show people who we think who think we don't matter that we do matter black to show people who think that we don't matter that we do matter and if that makes somebody feel uncomfortable yep they need to ask themselves why they feel uncomfortable yes if somebody <laughs> If somebody else tearing down a statue that you may have particular affinity toward culturally or historically, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, it's your fault. You should have a good, long, hard look at yourself if you feel uncomfortable by any of this taking place here. The rioting, the fighting, the tearing down of statues, the vandalism, the looting. If you have problem with any of this, why, you're probably a racist. <laughs> It's just so easy, isn't it? Well, I've got good news. Uh, she's right. She does matter. And it was very empowering. And it was a historical moment that lasted about 24 hours. The next day, Bristol City Council removes BLM statue that replaced the toppled Edward Coulson statue. <laughs> the next the next day. <laughs> the next day. The next day, some white men, unfortunately, some white men who work for the city council came along with a dump truck and a big crane and picked up the statue, which was very empowering, of a non-activist and tossed it in the bin. Chucked it in the trash. Undoing the bolts. Ah, just, just, why not just ram the truck into the bottom of the statue and then it'll fall in the back into the bin, you know? Come on, we've got work to do here. The statue lasted 24 hours. Oh, let's see him picking it up. Here we go. And there she goes. There she goes, being carried away in the dump truck. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Riding off down the road with the statue in the back of the dump truck. And I would simply say, because this caused a lot of outrage, as you can imagine. People were none too impressed that this sculpture was taken down, uh, commemorating, honouring the non-activist who just got swept up in the moment. And, you know, people expressed their outrage to Bristol City Council, but I would just say, you know, if this makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, somebody taking down a statue, if this makes you feel at all uncomfortable then, you know, you may want to ask yourself why you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's all the time we've got for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of The Daily Boogie. I'll be back on Friday with another episode at 6pm. Thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive. Thank you for sharing the show out. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at YCensored, uh, UK Neil, Iceman4433, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, Joy of Pessy, JJ Stoner, Sunday Night Shit Show, Spent D, Frozen Asian, uh, The Big Empty, Tom, 
Uh, later on tonight, my, Nightwave. Nightwave. <laughs> Nightwave with Mersh, everybody's favourite lover of French women. And we'll be back on Friday at 6pm. So until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.